Hi, this is Matthew Pallant. Welcome to the Consume Church Weekly Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message entitled, Follow Me. For any further information about the ministries of Consumed Church, you can check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. Welcome to Consume Church. Wow. How about that worship? One thing I love about being a part of this body is that we get to experience God's transforming presence. We get to experience it corporately here weekly, but then we also get to uh, cultivate and steward His presence in our daily lives. So I'm just going to take a minute and pray, Uh, and I just ask that you kind of connect with me, and uh, yeah, Father, we just thank you for your goodness. You are a good, good Father. I ask, Lord, that your waves, just the waves of your presence continue. I just ask that this message just be an, uh, an extension and another form of worship to you, Father. We don't need to change gears and we don't need to transition, Lord, but I just ask that, uh, that you give me the wisdom just to navigate your presence that's here right now, Lord, and how to uh, just stay in the flow of what you're saying and what you're doing, Lord, and let this message be a continuation of what began an hour ago. Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, and I just pray uh, that you give us all eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. And we just honor you. We exalt you, Lord. We lift your name above everything else. It is your name that is lifted high. We just declare that you are king. We declare that you are Lord. And we invite you to have your way in our lives, Lord. And we surrender and we submit to you in Jesus' name. Come on. He's so good. He is so, so good. I'm going to do my best to steward this presence and uh, flow with what he's given me. So some of you may know, last week I did a triathlon, and uh, I really enjoy doing those, but I really enjoy connecting with God in the midst of exercise. You you know, it's amazing that uh, God cares about what we care about. He cares about every aspect of our life. And when we invite him into those areas of our life, we find him there. Imagine that. Imagine that. So I challenge you, if there's something that you enjoy doing that you've kind of compartmentalized and just been doing it as your hobby, (laughs) I I invite you to invite him into it (laughs) and just watch how much better it gets. You know, I shared a testimony a while back in... Uh, you know, it was just basically before I did my half Ironman, I didn't know how to swim. That's a 1.2 mile swim. And I didn't know how to swim five weeks before it. And, uh, and it's, I shared the testimony already, but I I went to sign up for swim lessons 
and the woman would not let me pay for those swim lessons. She said, I want to bless you with them. So to me, I've seen God provide tens of thousands of dollars for ministry, for missions, for outreach, for equipment, for ministry. But when it was time to do something I wanted and I saw the Lord's hand in his favor and he blessed me abundantly and took care of, you know, almost $500 in swim lessons, it just really ministered to my heart. And uh, so I enjoy doing triathlons. I did one last week and I knew I was ministering this weekend. And uh, so I just, you know, I just kind of a couple weeks out, I just, Lord, what are we going to be talking about? What would you like to say? And uh, oftentimes he speaks to me in the times I least expected. I don't know if that happens to any of you, but um, if we could put up that picture that you have. So part of my triathlon was a 0.93 mile swim. So just under a one mile swim. And that's kind of what it looked like. If you're familiar with Marine Creek, uh, that's Marine Creek. And, you know, I, I got about 500 meters in, which is about a third of the, the swim. And I realized, you know, I really haven't swam much. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> there, there, there's really not too many lifeguards out here in kayaks. And there's about, I don't know, four or 500 people. It'd be real easy for my head to go underwater and nobody to find me for a while. <laughs> You know, these thoughts pass through my mind. So, so I get to 500, which is about where that jigsaw puzzle is up at the top, you know, and then I kind of realize I'm getting off course, so I need to recite and go all the way out to the buoy at, at the top left up there. And, and then I start coming down kind of the triangle, and I'm like, man, I'm really tired. But I'm more than halfway in, so I can't quit now, so I keep going. Uh, I'm a little bit out of breath. My goggles are a little foggy. And I finally come around that last bend, and I could, I'm in the home stretch. I, I, I could see the end. Well, I come around that corner, and my goggles are really, really foggy. And at that point, you can't just, like, take them off and clear the goggles. You're, you're treading water. There's lots of people. So I come around that corner. I says, I'm going to be all right. Well, now the sun is just breaking the horizon. So now I got foggy goggles and the sun in my eyes reflecting off the water and I really can't see. So I decide I'm just going to start following somebody. I mean, there's a bunch of, you just see arms splashing, you know. So I figured I'm going to follow somebody. So I start going and I, you know, kind of lift my head up and start looking and I realize there's kind of a V going on. You got a group of people going this way and a group of people going that way. Like, okay, now which people do I follow? <laughs> so I need to slow it down. I need to find out where my buoy is, get recited, and get going. And in the midst of that, the Lord says, pay attention to who you're following. You can't just follow anyone. You must follow a person that's going in the right direction. I said, Lord, is that my message? He said, that's where it's going to start. <laughs> So it, it, it's amazing if we'll just invite God into every area of our life, we will hear him speak to us and give us direction. But I think that's a really important principle. Pay attention to who you're following. You can't just follow anyone. You must follow a person that's going in the right direction. Now that can apply to every area of your life. Um, you know, at work, right? It might not even have to be spiritual or, you know, but at work, People are going in a direction, and oftentimes you may just be following them. But it's important to stay sensitive to your convictions and your, uh, the principles that you've chosen and committed to live your life by. 
Okay, the title of my message for today is Follow Me. The way of the kingdom is honor, sacrifice, and humility. When Jesus showed up, he called men out of their comforts, out of their jobs, out of the way of life that they were living, and invited them to follow him. You see, God told Abram in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, to do the same thing. And he's invited us to do the same. In order to inherit his promise, you must leave what you know and follow him to the places he leads you to go. In order to inherit his promise, you must leave what you know and follow him to the, place he, the places he leads you to go. See, Jesus said, follow me at least 22 times in the Gospels. Seven times each in Matthew and John, and four times each in Mark and Luke. Do you think that's an important phrase? So then after he told the disciples to follow him, for a season... He sent them out and gave them the great commission to go and make disciples. So discipleship wasn't only for Jesus and the twelve. It was the kingdom model Jesus started and expected us to replicate and multiply for kingdom advancement. I'm going to say this. Discipleship is not a bad word. It's a Bible word, right? You know, it, it, it's not talked about very much these days. I mean, it is in our circle, but other, you know what I mean? In church circles, it's not so much talked about. It's funny because I got a marketing call on Friday to the church line, and I'm familiar with the company. They call often wanting us to purchase products that we don't really need right now. And uh, so, I, you know, I kind of... I said, hey, I'm familiar with your company. You know, I appreciate it, but we're not really interested right now. He says, okay, well, maybe this can... He, he was good. He, he, had, he, he had a good catch line. He says, okay, maybe this can be a good learning lesson for me. What are you doing for discipleship and engagement? I said, well, let me tell you something. You got my attention because I'm working on my message now on discipleship. <laughs> and you just said that exactly. So that was a 40-minute conversation that <laughs> took, took, took my message time, but... Uh, but it was really, really fruitful and edifying for both him and I, and it, it was really a great conversation. Um, so it just caught me off guard because it's not your typical question within church circles is discipleship. But uh, it's a Bible word. Now, I do understand that, you know, bad things have been done in the name of discipleship. Yeah? I know Pastor John and myself have both been a part of that. Michael Brodeur, who... Uh, it has founded the Destiny Finder curriculum, which we use, was also a part of that. But just because bad things uh, were done in the name of it doesn't mean we can throw it out, right? You know, how's the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? You, you know, I, I think, and really what Michael Berdors helped us to see recently is um, in the second, you know, basically the, the shepherding movement started out well in the first generation. The second generation of it is where things got off. So from there, people got away from discipleship and moved to the other end of the ditch. So we got out of, uh, we got out of the middle of the road, right? When you're driving, you don't want to drive on the ditch on either side. You want to stay right in your lane, <laughs> right? And, and I really feel like just with different people that I'm talking to and what we're a part of as a church, just 
with, um, with Catch the Fire and different programs that they're unleashing, that this is really what God is, is doing in this season, in this time. So I do want to represent it, yeah? Uh, so if you've been hurt by discipleship, Father, I just pray right now. Each and every one of us that have been abused, have been hurt, have been manipulated because of um, either immature leaders or leaders with wrong motives that use discipleship the wrong way, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you bring healing to each and every one of our hearts. Just right now, Father, I just ask for healing, Lord. And even uh, I release the person that discipled me the wrong way, that manipulated me and controlled me. I release him right now and I forgive him and I bless him. And I ask, Lord, that you, if he's not gotten back on the right track, Lord, that you work on his heart to bring him back into an identity as a son and to follow you wholeheartedly, Lord. In Jesus' name. Discipleship is not a bad word, it's a Bible word. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Disciple, by definition, is a follower. So this kingdom that we're a part of, we're supposed to be following. So a disciple is a follower. It's one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. A Christian disciple is a person who accepts and assists in the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. Christian discipleship is the process by which disciples grow in the Lord Jesus and are equipped by the Holy Spirit who reside in our hearts to overcome the pressures and trials of this present life and become more Christ-like. I'll say this, discipleship is a process. It's not an event. It's not a class. It's not a six-week program. It is a lifelong process of walking in relationship and being held accountable to become who Christ has called you to be. It's done through relationship. It's modeled through family. So a question I want to present to you today is, who are you following? Attending church once a week is great or a great place to start. It's a great place to start, really. But there's more. If, if you're really going to become who Christ has called you to be, there needs to be another level of commitment. There needs to be another level of accountability. Somebody that's really speaking into your life. And accountability isn't bad. Right? We think accountability is somebody that's waiting to rebuke us or correct us when we're off. Accountability is also just to help us stay on the proper course. Hey, you told me God spoke to you about starting this business. Spend six months. How's the process going? It's somebody to encourage you and come alongside of you and walk alongside of you to take one step at a time 
until you reach and fulfill your purpose and your destiny in each and every season of your life. Um, Prophet Norm, who will be coming soon to do that prophetic conference that we had to postpone, he is a spiritual father in my life. We've walked in relationships since June of 2013. And he has been in my season, in my life, every season of transition of ministry. So I've got a track record and a history with him that before I step into something new, he says, okay, do you remember when you told me God said this to you? Was that God or was that not? And if that was God, how does that align with this? You, you, you see, so he has helped me navigate the last eight years of my life and ministry to help me stay on the trajectory to pursue and follow the purpose and plan of God for my life. Before I moved to, when I left Mexico, before I moved out of Mexico and, and moved to DFW, I called him. Before I accepted the staff position here, I called him. Every step of the way, I have nothing to hide. If, if your life is truly surrendered and hidden in Christ, what is there to hide? See, Um, <laughs> that it, I would, yeah, so here, here's a note that I had. I'm getting ahead a little bit, but it, it, we need it now. We must come to a place where we don't make decisions based on how they will benefit or affect us or our lives, but we need to be fully surrendered to the place that Jesus truly is our Lord and the king of our lives, that we say yes, no matter what the cost. Get rid of all ulterior motives, all agendas, put your arms up, your knees down, and be fully surrendered, and say, here I am, Lord. You, you, you see, a lot of times we don't want accountability because when things get hard, we want somewhere to hide. We don't want to be held accountable because we don't want to face the hard things or the hard situations. We want it to be easy to turn and hide and say, oh, God said this and just start this new plan and this new vision. And then we have Christians and people all over the world that have started 15 things but never finished anything. There's no condemnation. Yeah, but I feel like God is calling us. I know that God is calling us to a place of maturity where we can be effective and, and, and walk in purpose and walk in destiny and fulfill the exact thing that he has called us to. You see, when we zone in and, and walk in that perfect plan that he has for our life, we're going to be most satisfied, most fulfilled, most happy. But more importantly, we're going to be walking in kingdom destiny. He's so good. He is so good. When we really, hey, when you're waking up to do what God's called you to do, you don't need an alarm clock. You're ready to get started. The times in my life, the times in my life that I have been doing what I was born and created to do, it didn't matter if I got three or four hours of sleep the night before. I was ready to go. It's, it's, I feel like a lot of us just haven't really found our purpose. 
because we've been afraid to be held accountable in it. So again, I ask, who are you following? Who are you accountable to? Of course, we're following Jesus, but what does that look like? You know, Michael Brodeur talks about Fantasy Church, a church that, you know, has these grand visions and uh, grand mission statements and all these things, but there's no practical steps to take to actually accomplish them. Stewart Church is, is, is a fantasy church. You know, I think about fantasy football. You know, when I was working at Lowe's, whatever it was, uh, 2014, you know, you'd get people in the break room and they're all on their phones talking about fantasy football league and who their, you know, who their players are and they're all excited. They're not the ones out there in pads sweating or exercising or in the training room. They're just playing this little game on their phone with real people that are doing all the work. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we use, you know, I'm following Jesus, we use that as kind of the fantasy football league. You see, he's, he, yeah, he's our, but where's your accountability? In other words, if, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, why do Christians' lives and direction of their lives and plans change so often? Well, God said this, and I'm going to run this way for a while, and then, you know, the kind of soda pop runs out of fizz, and then God said this, and <laughs> run that way for a while. I'm serious, I've seen it time and time and time again, and I'm sure many of you have, if you've been in Christian, you know, long enough. Listen, we need somebody in our life that's going to speak truth without compromise and hold us accountable. I kind of referred to this person in one of my recent previous messages, but there was a time um, years ago I had stopped to talk to this prostitute that I was ministering to that was walking down the streets and I went to get her some stuff at a gas station and bless her with some food and drinks and all that. And then I wanted to minister the gospel to her. So I said, uh, you know, I said, hey, after I got her her drinks and all that, I said, hey, uh, can I minister... Or can I talk to you a minute about Jesus? She goes, oh, I know Jesus. Him and I have this uh, deal that we've worked out. He understands what I'm doing. And I said, listen, he loves you. I'm not there to t- condemn her. I'm, I'm, I'm there to minister the love of God to her. But I feel like there's so many people in the church that have that same deal. They're trying to work that same deal with God. Oftentimes we have this deal we're trying to work, work out with Jesus. And let me say this, Jesus isn't a deal broker. He's not a car salesman. He's not in the business realm at all. He is king. He is Lord. The devil tried to get him to make a deal in negotiating in his hour of temptation after he was baptized. And he did not compromise. And that is why all authority was given unto him. And if you want to get your faith working for you, you're going to have to follow someone whose faith is working for them. Follow someone whose faith is working for them. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Paul tells the Corinthians to follow me as I follow Christ. 
if we look back and see what the context of 1 Corinthians is about, essentially Paul is answering questions the church had and he's addressing issues within the church. Paul spent time in Corinth so the people that he was writing to, he knew intimately. And finally in chapter 11, he tells them, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, now, does this mean you need to get permission to buy a car, marry your spouse, find out what color car to buy, etc.? No. <laughs> this <laughs> spouse, yes, yes. But understand, I'm trying to untie. I'm, I'm trying to untie a knot. <laughs> I'm trying to untie a knot here because of the extremes and the abuses that are connected with discipleship. You, you, you understand? Um, yeah. This means in the things of God. You want to follow someone that has a lifestyle that is demonstrated as one that is sold out and lived fully for Christ. Someone that does not make decisions based on how they will benefit from them or, or how it affects them. But someone who is willing to do what Jesus says and go where Jesus says to go, even if it costs them their life. We need each, we need to teach... We need each and every one of us to come into a deeper place in this truth. And I'm going to put this principle up again, which Noah said is not a one-liner, it's a (laughs) seven-liner. We must come to a place where we don't make decisions based on how they will benefit or affect us or our lives, but we need to be fully surrendered to the place that Jesus truly is our Lord and the King of our lives, that we say yes no matter what the cost. Get rid of all ulterior motives, all agendas, and arms up, knees down, fully surrendered. Here I am, Lord. That is the place that we need to be. That is is a place of true Christianity. If we really want... To pursue Jesus, that must be our heart's cry. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.